0: let us get two uh, so don't let us get another one
1: okay that's what I was gonna ask you next now that you found your way is there any stopping you
0: only thing that could stop us is us we just got to come out and play our game have fun and let God do the rest
2: I'm just glad we we gave them something to cheer about today um, you know we got the best fans in the league and you know up until today this series we haven't given much to cheer for at home. So I was glad that, you know, uh, our performance matched the energy that they were giving us. And obviously, it raised our level. Um, and, you know, they're a big part of what we do, especially at home. You know, we, uh, we feed off that um, a lot. We heard some Celtics and seven chants as well. What was the energy like in the building?
0: The energy was tremendous. Um, we had to do our job to make sure we get it back here. That's number one goal. Uh, take care of the next game, one game at a time. We can't look too far ahead. Ouch. And um, make sure that we,
3: um,
0: we got to make sure we take this one game at a time and make sure that we um, just make sure we stay together, honestly.
3: We just got to play better. Um, start the games off better on the starters. Um, make it more difficult for them. They're in a the rhythm since the beginning of the game. But we're always going to stay positive, knowing that we can and we will win this series. Um, And we'll just have to close it out at home. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Ladies First Fridays. I love this new edition of Women's Wednesdays on Fridays. I'm here with the amazing Kelsey Nicole Nelson. What's up, girl? How are you today?
1: happy friday i am great glad to be part of this new first lady of fridays our ladies first friday and there's so much to talk about so i feel like they're keeping us busy making us work for the money (laughs) zina
3: oh for sure oh for sure there were a lot of exciting games going on last night both in the nba and the wnba we'll get to the wnba but let's kick it off last night's game the celtics you think that 3-0 would absolutely kill morale. You would think that 3-0 would make people go, I'm going home, I'm over this. Where's the next flight to Cancun? But Boston has rallied together and shown up and shown out. Um, I absolutely have adored the way that they came back. I'm honestly, I was one of the people that didn't think they could do it. I'm not even gonna lie. I thought that Miami would be more poised um, and be able to come back from the deficit last night. But the three-pointers were out of this world. They played the way they were supposed to play the first two games at home. And it's been really, really impressive. So now they forced the game six. We've heard all of the statistics around how rare that is. And the Miami Heat should be a little worried. What your you
1: said so This was a different Celtics team than we've seen as of late in this playoff series. I think this is what Boston fans were asking for. Where was this team? Where was that fight? Where was that dog? And like you said, I mean, they got it going from the beginning. Marcus Smart getting the steal from Bam Adebayo. I mean, I couldn't stop watching. And like you, Tina, 99.9% of the country, I think, was ready to throw this series away. Like, get Boston off my TV, off my television. And all of a sudden, we see new life, a resurgence. Derek White making people take notice, you know, of this Boston Celtics team. And they're playing great team basketball. Folks knowing their role. Jason Tatum doesn't have to be the top scorer for this team. Other guys stepping up. And, you know, anytime you get four players in double figures in the first half and you're getting turnovers, right, 10 turnovers, in the first half that they were able right. to capitalize off of. I think this Boston team is really playing. I mean, they're playing do-or-die basketball. They're not ready to go home, all right? They want right. to do all the, yeah. you know, they they want to keep this series. They want to bring it back. And I think it's just been, this is the Boston team that we thought we would get in this series that has finally yeah. arrived, finally shown up. They were late to the party, Zena, but they're here. So overall, I think this is the Boston team that we thought that could potentially beat this Heat team. And now we're thinking, Zena, that they could possibly, potentially do the impossible and maybe be that team to come back from a 3-0 deficit.
3: 1,000%. And you made a really great point about Jason Tatum not needing to be the offensive powerhouse that he typically needs to be in order for the Celtics team to find victory. He had 11 assists last night and we saw, I mean, there's that one beautiful drive in the middle, the hook pass out to market smart to start off the just rain of threes. Uh, I absolutely adored again, just how they showed up. We A lot of people have been talking about the identity crisis that they've had and it seemed like yesterday they looked themselves in the mirror and they talked to themselves and said, no, 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 this is who we are now. there were some people that had some conversations and found a newfound three-point identity, Mr. Derek Wright, six of eight threes. Now, I don't think that the Celtics can count on that uh, being a, a, a steady thing going into Miami. Being able to find the amount of threes that they had out of Marcus Smart and Derek White, probably not something they can count on to win the game, but that distribution that ball distribution, that, uh, that effective defense, these last two games, 54 points combined off of uh, turnovers from the Miami Heat. This is, this is now the Miami Heat that needs to look in the mirror and say, what are we doing? But I personally think if the Miami Heat allow them to come into Boston and get a win, this game seven is probably going to go to Boston. And it's because of what Jalen Brown said, don't let us get another one. Because now all the momentum <laughs> that is that way, and I love the word resurgence. They have resurged their
1: energy and their
3: confidence in themselves.
1: You know, I, that's why I loved all of those sound bites. This is a different, confident sounding Boston, a Boston team. You know, and I think again, like you said, I think they're realizing like it's only us. It's only us, we're our biggest enemy. And you know, from, to quote one of my favorite lines from a movie, it's gonna be trouble, 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 if this <laughs> series goes back to Boston. And it's just true, it's just right. true. And that's why Miami, right. Miami literally has one job. They have one job, they have to win in Miami. But if Boston plays like this, and I think you said it best, they can't rely on the three ball. But the three ball hits, it's, it's good, it's amazing. Obviously that really oh, helps. Right. boston but you're also looking at a boston team that really only made seven more threes than miami but percentage-wise miami wasn't horrible from the three but also i think you know the biggest factor too if miami can get healthy and i'm talking about gabe vincent he can be a difference maker right averaging about 13.1 points in this game you also look at the celtics team i'm a bit worried about malcolm brogdon i mean so honestly the health i think too of both of these teams are going to matter you know miami already limped into this spot you look at who they're missing but still being able to be here but, you know, Miami, again, they've already defied the odds. I mean, we're starting to believe in an eighth seed. Like, you know, folks, give everyone a chance because Miami has proved, you know, when you play team basketball. And remember, too, this Miami team suffered as well because Jimmy Butler wasn't able to score like he's usually able to score, right? This is his lowest scoring game in the playoff series. Bam out bio, having difficulty. Boston's switching up on him right having different defenders mm-hmm. he's not able to get the shot study when I talked about Gabe you know he's that third leading scorer so I think Miami and I trust Eric Spolstra but they have to they have to just go back to being the Miami team that got here Jimmy Butler has to get back taking control of this team we need playoff Jimmy or whatever Jimmy Butler wants to call himself if they really want to call game because I heard Jimmy Butler was eating popcorn after the game but um, I hope he eats popcorn after the game and that whole watching the games if Miami drops this next one, Dana. Again, I'm just, I'm worried about Miami because Boston's going in with a new confidence. And obviously they too, they see how they could beat this Miami Heat team. And then you don't want everybody to get the hot. Al Horford was looking confident. I mean, it seems like this Boston. Team. I mean, everybody was able, you know, as we say in D.C., everybody eats. Everybody was eating on this Boston mm, team. And oh this is the Boston team that's so strong together. So all in all, I think this is the Eastern Conference Finals that we wanted. I know Denver's on the couch, like, come on, we're, we're ready. But also, let's also talk about, you know, Denver, Zina. This Denver team now, getting some nice rest as they watch yes. these two yes. duke it out. So I think that's I've the other factor. Of, they're watching
3: all of this go down, and and I'm— I know that teams are always going to say, and i talked to Natalie about this. You saw this as well. Teams are always going to say, I respect both teams. We're preparing equally for both teams, but Denver did perform better against the heat in the regular season. So I imagine that that's probably the team that they want to match up against Uh, Joker. Definitely feeling like he has probably the advantage over Bam Adebayo. Bam Adebayo, obviously a really great defender, but Joker is just so crafty around the the rim. So I imagine that that's probably the matchup that they want. Um, And, but they're preparing for both. And that is incredibly difficult because imagine you're looking at your schemes, your offensive schemes of where should we from a defensive perspective, focus on. Miami Heat are really good at transition defense. So are you practicing for trying to beat that transition defense? Or are you practicing for being more in the half court with the Boston Celtics team that likes to defend in the half court? It's just like, there's different ways and different uh, paths you can take to consider both ways and they do have time, they do have time, but you always want to get, figure out exactly who that is that you're going to be matching up against because that allows you to have a more focused game plan going into your very first game and Denver wants it. I mean, they want it bad. And I think Jimmy Butler feels confident that he's gonna get that next win. I mean, obviously he said, we can win the next game. We will win this series. Yeah. So maybe the Denver Nuggets are fingers crossed around that, but. I definitely think that uh, there's, there's a lot of excitement around whoever comes out of the East, that is gonna give them a lot of momentum, whether it's the Heat fighting back to keep the Celtics off their back or the Boston Celtics coming off a 3-0 deficit. who Denver Nuggets are gonna have a great matchup in the finals.
1: <laughs> yeah. Because let's think about it, Dina. We're also watching a Denver team that has made history, right? Finally getting to the finals, finally breaking that curse. This is now a Denver team that folks truly feel like they can believe in. And now we're finally talking about Denver basketball. But as he says, we look at this Miami Heat team. And this is a Heat team with so many storylines. The undrafted players, you know, Caleb Martin. You know, we talked about Gabe Vincent. Again, really watching. Him, but look at the difference when Kyle Lowry was in that game. And he really wasn't able to contribute, you know, offensively. Mm-hmm. He had turnovers contributing to Miami's overall turnovers. So he is a difference maker. I mean, you really want obviously this this team can't afford to lose anybody else. You know, I mean, you might have to suit up. I mean, it's getting like that for Miami right now. <laughs> They're trying to get. I mean, I'm ready. Like it's it's right. almost to that point, you know. And Jimmy can only do so much. He is great, but you talk about Denver, you have Nikola mm-hmm. Jokic, you know, triple double king. Obviously came close to the MVP this year. He can play great basketball. Jamal Murray playing some of the best basketball right now of his career. And let's remember, Jamal Murray is playing for the respect that he's asked all yes. of us to finally give him. He's saying, see yes. me. I am a big reason why. You know, Aaron Borden, KCP. I mean, that Denver team, they have a lot of guys. Michael Porter. I mean, you have, you have a lot of guys that you have to account for. And as you said, I mean, I think Boston would probably be the better matchup. But Miami is playing so well that truly anything can happen. So, All in all, we're going to get a good finals this year, Zina. I think fans are going to be just excited to watch whatever matchup.
3: I agree. And, you know, you mentioned Jamal Murray. Personally, for me, coming out of the West, I think he was my MVP. I think the way that he showed up after everything that everyone said about his ability to score the ball and his ability to show up and be on both defensively and offensively the teammate for his team, Joker did what he was supposed to do. Joker played within the lines of who Joker is and he he showed up. Don't get me wrong, I'm not discounting that at all. But Jamal Murray, one of the biggest storylines on that Denver team, he showed up on both ends. You know that that play at the very end of the Lakers series came down to his ability to stop the ball when LeBron James was going in to tie the game. And it was such a clean defensive play. And I just I love the fact that it came after Mike Malone saying, we can't do specialists in the playoffs, right? You can't do specialists in this game. And he showed like, hey, I can score the ball, but I can also make the key defensive plays that you need. And so for me, just like you said, put some respect on Jamal Murray's name. I think it's gonna be a absolute battle between Jimmy Butler and Jamal Murray on both ends of the floor, trying to show people who really is the playoff J between the two of them. I'm very, very excited to see this matchup. not only from an offensive perspective and of who's going to put up buckets, because you know Jimmy Butler is going to do what he's going to do. Last night was an aberration. Let's not count on that to happen again. Uh, I think that there is going to be a lot of exchanging buckets, and it's going to be more so who can get stops between the two of them. So I I, I can't wait to see this matchup. Uh, and for me, like I said, Jamal Murray, he's my MVP coming out the West. He
1: did what he was supposed to do to get his team. Hey, lead it. Leading scorer, the leading scorer. When you look at that Denver team, you know, but I think, you know, there's a conversation too, that goes from this, you know, and Dean, I want to ask you this, you know, is this enough? Let's say win or lose. Is this enough for us to finally be talking more about Denver Nuggets basketball with what we've seen from this team thus far, because there's a question conversation that, We don't talk about Denver enough. Even though Denver plays good basketball, they play well. You talk about Nikola Jokic, and I always say Nikola Jokic, his standard is greatness. Like you said, we know what we're going to get from him. He's healthy. He's going to do whatever he can to put his back on his team. But this team, this identity, is this enough for us basketball pundits, you know, to finally start talking about Denver as a true contender each year to potentially come out the West? 1,000%.
3: I think that you can see this being – and Natalie mentioned this before at our last show together – this is exactly what the Warriors experienced when they were making their rise to the dynasty that they are now. And I think there is something that the, the Denver Nuggets still have to prove. They do need to come out of the West, uh, not only with a sweep, that was that's huge, right? That definitely adds to the conversation to the respect that they deserve. But I definitely think that there needs to be a definitive win too. They need to show up in the finals as well. What's exciting about this Denver team is that their core pieces aren't going anywhere. Right, you just listed off how talented and how stacked and how deep this team is, and that's usually the thing that allows you to continue talking about them is that they're going to continue to show up and have those core pieces performing the way that they're performing uh, and, and showing up each and every night. I mean, you can even add Contavious Caldwell Pope to that list as well for his contributions. I think that yes, Denver has earned a lot more respect, and I think Jokic particularly has earned a lot more respect with the way that he's come and shown up uh, in this playoffs, in these playoffs. But I think they still need to get significant wins going into this finals and not let it be what we've seen previously, getting to these big stages and not performing. So they've earned some respect. We're going to be talking about them for a long time and we're going to be talking about them more. But still a little bit more work to do. I'm going to just say that
1: proven <laughs> completely agree with it's you Zina. all right well we, <laughs> we'll be right back don't go anywhere right here on brother from another presented by Peacock.
0: the longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards the longest field goal ever missed also 76 yards why bring this up because knowing your limits matters both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70 yard field goal it probably won't go well So, set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
3: Welcome back. Jackie Young showed up and showed out, reminding people why she was the number one draft pick. Mm. Las Vegas. This was a very tense game uh, because of the background storyline, but Jackie Young said, "Never mind all that. Let me do what I need to do to make sure I can elevate the Aces over the Sparks. They go 2-0 and now without their coach, Becky Hammond. And she is coming back mm-hmm. on Saturday for her first game. It's gonna be ring night in Vegas. But before we get into that, let's introduce our guest, Don Montgomery. Thank you for joining us on Ladies' First Fridays. Always excited to Ooh, have awesome. WNBA in the house.
2: Mm-hmm. Thank you for having me. I'm excited
3: for sure. So, Don, let's just go ahead and get into this uh, Sparks Aces game. There was tons of t- discussion around this game because mm-hmm. of. The, the situation between Dierica Hamby and the Las Vegas Aces, namely Becky Hammond. Uh, it was interesting because mm-hmm. this is the first of two matchups in the next three days uh, between the two mm-hmm. teams. And Becky Hammond was not coaching, but she will be back on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Now, interestingly enough, Neka Aguimike was sick and did not start, uh, play the game. And so Dierica Hamby started in her place. And she played phenomenally. Uh, but the Aces came out on top. Watching that game, what did you think of it? I
2: enjoyed it, actually. I mean, I know that everything that's happening behind the scenes is very negative, mm-hmm. And we need to get to the bottom of that so that we can move on and enjoy this season. But I think it's very promising when you see certain star players not necessarily be ready to step up or perform, but you start seeing the younger players, like, really take over. And I think that that just proves to, like, the fans that are watching, like, there's more than one person to watch in this league. There's more than one storyline that's happening in this league. In the midst of turmoil, I mean, look at the NFL. There's always something going on in the NFL every single day. And people still are watching. So we still need people to support in some form of fashion, um, as we get to the bottom of what happened there
3: for sure and I think too when you mentioned the, the younger players you know stepping up Jackie Young has always been a, a really formidable player particularly for the Aces but she hasn't been the star and and dropping 30 points right. when you've got Asia Wilson Candace Parker Kelsey Plum Chelsea Gray you name it all around you she really shined yesterday and 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 Kind of thinking about this whole WNBA vets versus rookies conversation. We're going to have to wrap that up. She showed she's a vet now. The way that she came out, she showed she was a vet.
2: Right. And I keep telling people, like, even for some of the players that we may not see, active, you know, consistently where they're coming off of the bench. I love me a bench player that's going to show up and just drop 30 at the, at the drop of like a game, like literally like, okay, I'm here, you know? And I think <laughs> that 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 we need that type of energy through this particularly just because like that's one of the things that most people are crying out and saying, well, they're not so competitive or they don't do this. They don't do that. Oh, no, baby. We've got players that are willing to step up and give you a show if you're willing to watch it.
1: if you're willing to watch it yeah because i think there was so much anticipation right leading up to that game and i think Zena, you know you hit that right on the head and let's remember this 27th season of the WNBA, something we were all excited about were these super teams the las vegas aces being ones you know you named off all those stars but being able to live up to the expectation coaches gone two games you know obviously probably some bad blood in the locker room about to get those rings and you know new york i think they still have some stuff to prove obviously still having to build that chemistry but las vegas has us excited there's a reason why this team has that beautiful new practice facility by the way shout out to las vegas for also setting the standard and i feel like to your point don this team is really starting to show what the wmba can be as you said if people are willing to watch invest in women's sports support women's sports and watch these collegiate stars that are now coming in to this league and this game and hopefully potentially future have some expansion right and i think that that's kind of why um front office
2: sports shouts out to the writers aj perez and andrew cohen who wrote that piece on talking to certain sources throughout the league and outside of the league who didn't want to be named but they told the truth like they literally were very honest and saying like there are some teams that are willing to invest in our our ownership that's willing to invest in their teams and show the future of this league but i think the biggest thing about this is is in the midst of a while going through this process and seeing that vegas seems to be you know our standard right now we're gonna we're gonna have some issues it's just like every relationship everything is not always hunky dory everything's not always great and cozy there's always going to be something but what that shows you is is as you grow you to improve so the league has to make some changes in order to really be players first and make sure that our players feel safe and you know comfortable in playing this game
3: and that's the difficult balance right is wanting the league to make the changes that it needs to make but also having the owners giving that freedom to be able to make those changes right between Brooklyn uh between you know, Brooklyn Sports Entertainment, Joe Tsai and what he's trying to do with the New York Liberty uh, and his team, as well as the Las Vegas Aces, you're seeing investors or owners that want to invest in their teams, but because Mm -hmm. of parity and making sure that everything is equitable, sometimes their hands are a little bit tied behind their backs. And so just making sure that the league provides a space in which they can do that Mm -hmm. is also really important.
2: And then to just make sure that they're listening to black women, because if we're going to be 100, I've said this consistently about this league where we have a lot of people that don't look like us in these front offices in this particular league as well and our own ownership or are able to make these decisions, we really need them to listen to us. Like we're the ones out there playing the sport. We're the fans who are putting money into the sport. We're the, we're the media members who are pushing, you know, certain narratives as well as like making things go viral on our timelines every single day that helps this league get more visibility. You need to listen to us. And that possibly would also mean that they need to start hiring some of us in some of these spaces or bringing us to the table, to where they can hear some solution-based things that they can kind of create and do in the meantime, while trying to figure out something more long-term that benefits the future of this league. That's something that most people don't I mean, know great about point. the
3: fan base. It's so great. It's, it, a lot of people don't realize that the fan, most of the fan base for the WNBA, uh, particularly up until recently, are older and white. Like, and when I say mm-hmm. older, I mean significantly mm-hmm. older um mm-hmm. these are mm-hmm. retirees that are enjoying spending their season their their extra income on season tickets and there needs to be a shift and you're seeing uh, WNBA wmba teams try to have those cultural nights and having those community oriented nights mm-hmm. trying to get groups out and things mm-hmm. of that sort but i agree with you having people that are of the culture and also of the de- demographic of the teams be the ones mm-hmm. being the ones with the megaphone mm-hmm. To say what we need to work on, I think is mm-hmm. really really important. Um, I, I want to before I, I want to make sure we get into the games too, because this season has been a lot of excitement and between the super teams. Mm-hmm. But then people showing that they should have been also named super teams, right? Some of the teams that were <laughs> left that were left off the list showed up and and, and have Ooh. played incredibly well. What were your big surprises in terms of performance in the first week of the WNBA?
2: To be honest, I think I don't really have any big surprises, so I'm just gonna. And that's just because I watch this, I'm a fan, I'm here for it. I think that that's, that's the type of energy that we need to have when we having any conversation of who's on this list, who's not on this list, because I think that that's going to drive the competition. I think that that's going to encourage fan bases to really, you know, kind of go at it, you know, on the hashtag WNBA Twitter, because I don't know if y'all seen how ignorant and insane they can be, but they can really yeah. go at it. But we need the sport itself to have that type of energy competitively on the court um, mm-hmm. while we're trying to grow it. You get what I'm saying? It's 27 years in this thing. We no. should be talking about how it should be doing expansion or how it should be growing in a certain life. It should have been doing this maybe 10 years ago. Like, <laughs> like I needed to catch yeah. up. So I think that that's sure. where I'm at, where it's like I want us to make sure that, you know, the people who do feel slighted, yes, ball out, show out, you know, like do what you do. And I think that that's going to encourage other like sports fans who are looking for something. Once the NBA finals is done, once, you know, uh, training is going into effect for the NFL teams and things like that, they're going to be looking for something to watch. The WBA
3: is here. Right. What are your thoughts on this, uh, this conversation around, the the growth of the league and having these new players that do have big fan bases that are trying to follow them into the WNBA, coming from college, Mm -hmm. going into the league and then not making Mm -hmm. the team. Of course, this whole Alexis Morris situation was Mm -hmm. interesting because it did create a conversation, right? She has now since apologized. Alexis, we Mm -hmm. love you. We got you. We understand uh, that you want a, a spot, but you have to work for it. I'm curious what your thoughts mm-hmm. are on roster expansion versus team expansion and just how do you allow the, the, the team to grow, the, the league to grow when you're talking about this veterans, rookies, and no spots available?
2: Well, I we, mean, we need both. We need the roster expansion and team expansion. Like, that's, that just has to happen. They need to figure that out, like, this season. Like, we need, that. We need to know mm. that they're going to move forward. And that we're not going to have to deal with these type of, you know, one off conversations on the side with this. I feel like, right. you know, someone for like Alexis herself coming into the league, like, baby, you can't come in and be ready to kind of go up on everybody and you ain't earning a spot yet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, sure. you know, like I hate, to be, that, I hate right. to be that auntie where it's like, baby girl pause <laughs> but but it's, it's also another thing that I consistently talk about across all sports league where rookies, newer players or collegiate players coming in that want to go professional they need to have media training like baby, you need to know that there are certain things that you don't need to push the button on quite yet until you are well versed on what's happening in the league and how business goes every single day you would be surprised like I think there was a um, Major League Baseball player just recently who went viral for a thread where he talked about how he was a top draft pick in the in the MLB, and then how everything just slipped on him within forty eight hours. Like it was mm. business. It was this. You gotta meet veterans. You gotta do this. You gotta do that. And to me, that's one of those things where it's like okay, who are the players who are really reaching out and talking to these young women and really inviting them into, into the locker room and saying, hey, this is how things go. not from a standpoint of like, we're not going to change, you know, the culture around here or we're not going to adjust for you, but in a sense of like, this is how we're going to try to incorporate you and you need to be open mm-hmm. to being a part of that because you also have to remember, she's coming from a different type of culture where they just built what they built became national champions you get what i'm saying and yeah, they did right, things their right. way baby that's not right. how that works in this league <laughs> and most yeah. teams are going to be open today so if we're just going to be honest we need the roster expansion we need the team expansion and i think we need sisterhood expansion is what i'm going to call it because i really need them to reach out to these young girls and say hey i know you might be coming for my spot And I can appreciate the competition, but I want to make sure that you understand your place. And it's not from a bullying type of standpoint, or I'm bigger than you. I've been here longer than you. It's more so like, I'm going to bring you in. I'm going to show you how this goes. And if it doesn't work out, then it's okay. You know, we can go from there. And that's just how I feel about it.
3: (laughs) Well, sisterhood is exactly right uh, in terms of what this league needs, especially for growth and expansion. And sisterhood is exactly why we have mm-hmm. Ladies First Fridays. Don, thank you for coming. Yes. Thank you Thanks for joining us, shout out, can I Can I do oh, a
2: quick shout out? Yeah. Shout, out. shout out to my son who's graduating on Sunday. My son is graduating from high school. and I'm so proud of him. He's going into the Air Force. So I just want to give a shout out to Sean wow. B. <laughs> Thanks, ladies.
3: That's perfect. We love to see memorial it. memorial day. So special. We love to see it. Congratulations to him. Have fun
1: Thank with that. Yeah. Oh, Thanks, Don. Well.
3: Will there ever be a time in our lives where the hand check comes back? Is that, is that going? Is this kind of the, the wave in which we're going now? There was a point, I believe, you know, probably in around the late 90s when the game became too physical. Mm. And I think f- we lost some of for the... For our viewers, you mean? Yeah, and I think for our fans, from the aesthetic enjoyment of the game, where it de-emphasized the particular skill a player had mm. and maybe weighted too heavily um, physicality, where mm. a big, strong player could come in and prevent a incredibly skilled player from doing those kinds of things. Mm. I think of, not that he's a small guy, but a smaller player like Steph Curry can do on the floor. I think that when you think of some of his ability to shoot, his ability to move Mm. through the paint, that if guys could just bang him and knock him to the ground, as that was once the case in the league, I don't think that would be a better brand of basketball. Mm. Talking about the aesthetics of the game, Kelsey, what do you think? Do you think the physicality of the game is now gone uh, as a result of the hand-checking rule coming into play back in the two
1: thousands? Well, I love and love Kevin Garnett as the interviewer. His facial expressions, the hmm, like he was really oh, testing yeah. <laughs> with those. Re- responses i absolutely enjoyed that video but going back to your question it's funny i just had a georgetown capstone student do a whole project on the zina and he was talking about how the game has actually become faster but what i want to touch on you know and i interview a lot of former players on my podcast show listening with k and all of them all of them zina complained the game's not as physical now they've made it an offensive basketball game but you look at the growth of the nba he mentioned a guy like steph curry and think about how steph curry himself has changed the game, has changed three-point shooting, has really made it a shooter shoot league. Um, and if the Warriors were able to do that, I guess they would still be here. <laughs> we would be talking to them. No shade. No shade to Golden State fans. But all that to say, I you know, I think it's who so you asked. It. <laughs> <laughs> it was no shade. It was no shade. I promise. But I think it's who you asked. For me, the hand-checking, like, I loved old-school physical basketball. Like, give it to me, not just under the basket. I want it all around. But I know it's a thing to protect the players. You know, and I know I know they're doing a lot of different rule changes. I know we're going to talk about a but for me and you know you think about it that's why every time we do these lists what happens oh well it's because it's an era thing and before you could be more physical where now everything's about so all that to say you know I think a guy like Kevin Garnett would obviously come from the point of wanting to be like hey I don't like that but I think guys now especially because we're so offensive oriented I can see why they would support the rule change that happened and obviously want to keep that rule change but for me give, give me back physical basketball like you know it's funny we just had the last dance play again on TV. And why do we love that? Mm -hmm. Because we love seeing Jordan go at it with these greats, these guys who made Michael Jordan work for everything, every single basket. I do think that's a different brand and breed of basketball. And honestly, I think fans would embrace that. You know, like now, I I hate seeing a guy go to the basket so easily. This is the top of the top basketball. I'm watching the NBA because I want to see the best. You know, I want to see an elbow in your back. I want to see you compete for everything. And I think, you know, now, unfortunately, I think my fouls are called too. have just unfortunately hurt our game but curious your thoughts as well Zena but I'm glad KG brought this topic up but it's definitely a hot one.
3: I'm the same. I am really happy that he brought this up, mostly because as a person that hasn't always watched the NBA, in my family, it wasn't a thing growing up in my household. So there was a lot that I still had to learn about it. So every time I see something like this from a historical trend or a perspective, I always go look it up. I want to go find out where did this come from, et cetera. So there's a lot of theories as to why the hand check rule became a thing. Uh, The one that I found most interesting, and you mentioned Jordan just now, is the one that in which the league knew that their ratings would potentially go down. And this is the theory y'all don't, don't call the league and tell them I said this, but um, the, the ratings could potentially go down if once Jordan retired. Right, So he retired and then came back and then he retired again around the 2003, 2004 time. And they were like, what are we going to do? We're not going to have another prolific score like this on the perimeter. All of our, our scoring and our big men that are, are big men, right? And then you look at who was winning MVPs during that time. It was our big men. So they needed to find a way to allow league Perif- perif- perimeter players, I was going to say peripheral players, but perimeter players to still have the ability to score the ball so that people would still watch. Well, the rating still dropped <laughs> right after Jordan uh, retired. However, then, as you mentioned, the game started picking back up and the perimeter players started being more of those prolific scores that you saw uh, out, of, out of Jordan. And so now you have players like a Jimmy Butler, like a Jamal Murray, like a Steph Curry uh, that are back to what the league needed. So it actually helped in the ratings perspective, the ability to score the ball, the entertainment perspective. So when Adam says the aesthetics, I'm like, I get what you mean. Now, if he was part of those conversations, if this theory is true, and he was part of those conversations, it worked exactly how he said, but he mentioned in this interview, smart players have figured out a way around, right? So this is what we're talking about with shopping. Uh, they, they changed the rule around, you know, non-basketball uh, moves. I think they've got to handle flopping the same way that they handled this hand check issue. This has become a, a workaround, right, where players are aware that the more they flop, the more they sell the t- theatrics, the more they become European football, <laughs> the more they become Oscar award-winning uh, basketball players, that the refs will blow the whistle their way. And It's been a thing that they've been talking about. I'm so excited for Summer League because they are going to test some rules around this. So I'm very, very pumped see what this is going to look like this summer in July.
1: I mean, let's be honest. If you're on NBA Twitter, flopping is always coming up. It's come up in these playoffs. And some would say, you know, it's been a difference maker. Now, those NBA players that flopped. Me and Zena right now, we're looking at you. We're not going to say any names. We're not going to say any names. But you know who you are. And I think this will be something, right. you know, that fans are looking for to make the game better. Like, you know, if you get, if you get fouled, you get fouled. But, you know, when you do the extra, like you mm-hmm. said, I'm not watching the Oscars. I'm, you know, I'm watching basketball for a reason. If I want to see you do that, you know, go, go to a movie, you know, especially now if you're in the off right. season, but all that to say, you know, I do think this is going to help the game, help the brand. And I think this is why the NBA continues to lead the pack. You know, when it comes to actually responding to the needs of the fans, like this, again, is something, if you go on social media, they'll have people will probably have a top five for flopping and which NBA players do with the most. Now I get it can benefit them, but it goes back to just wanting to play the game that we love. So again, Just stop the flop. I'm excited like you to see Summer League, and hopefully this is something that we can move forward with. Just had to put that out there my own PSA. And Zina, talking about the rule changes and just newness in Mm. the NBA, finally, folks here in my neck of the woods, the nation's capital, we have something to be excited about. Mm. At least I'm excited. Now, I'm not going to say this is going to change Washington Wizards basketball. Like, calm down. We know (laughs) what we got. We know what we got. You know know what you have. But we have a new face in town, and I think this is something, you know, Wizards fans Mm. were excited about, you know, the NBA draft lottery didn't quite go the way. You know, 8 wasn't what we really wanted, but we've got a brand new hire at the show, Michael Winger. President now, monumental basketball, helping to reshape this team, finally. It's like we have a new yeah. breath of air. He's someone that has the experience of getting somebody from the Los Angeles Clippers organization, obviously an organization that has done well um, in the past. He's had massage with the Cavaliers. I mean, this man knows his basketball, Zina, and I think this is what Wizards fans that's are saying. That's we that's need somebody that's 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 to come in and make this team back to being a competitor in the East. There's no way the Wizards should have been tied for the eighth, you know, worst record (laughs) in the league this year. You know, you paid Bradley Bill. You know, you give him, you know, you had Kyle had Patrick stopped his sports genius. Um, And, you know, then you look at the draft, you know, Johnny Davis has been a project, but all that to say, I think Wizards fans are the same. Finally, hey, someone that knows the game, potentially, Someone we can trust. But I thought it was interesting. The conversation has really been, why would he leave the Clippers? And the Clippers, though, I think they have a lot of conversations to have. You know, you look at at Mm -hmm. Kawhi, you look at Paul George, look at the contract situations and the makeup of that team. You know, shout out to the Clippers, too, for getting that brand-new stadium in Inglewood. Had a chance to see that. Um, you know, in the rebuild stage. But all that to say, you know, I think coming right. to DC, and I know DC is not maybe the top media market, but he's going to have power. I and mean, this is power over that member of DC has a Mystics. Shout out to going back to our WNBA conversation, the Mystics team have power over. And of course, our D League team, the Go Go. So all that to say, I just think finally, DC, it's something to smile about, something yeah. to raise your yeah. chin up high, you know, and say, we want to be back competitive. But just curious your thoughts on this new hire. Um, you know, and if you felt like he made the right move to hopefully, help this Wizards team that would like to be in the P-Word playoffs hopefully next year, next season. <laughs> the,
3: the P-Word playoffs, always very key. No, I love this move for you all. Uh, the Wizards <laughs> definitely needed some help in, in terms of what to do with their, their roster. Uh, what I love about Michael Ringer as a, as a option for you all is that, not option, he's the decision now, but he is a guy that knows the CBA really well. He knows... Cats. he knows contracts, he knows negotiations. He can do all of the background roster construction that you all need. And he's gonna be smart enough to hire a basketball minded person. When you think about the teams that were able to get some big names to play well together, I'm thinking Bob Myers, that's a whole nother conversation that's happening on the West Coast uh, from a GM perspective. He was someone that was able to get big time players to play well together money wise, particularly and on the court and so it's really cool that you all are going to get someone that knows that really well that has free reign to do whatever he wants he literally can put in a plan i think that's what i read he could put in a five-year plan
1: like they gave him the key to the car and just said drive off like do you which is huge Uh, very
3: big very big it's very rare that that happens but DC having some good fun uh, and gonna have some, a, a lot of good decisions to make. Um, I'm thinking about Kyle Kuzma, who's going to have, there's gonna be some decisions around him. Um, but questions. Kyle Kuzma for some reason, questions around him for sure, but Kyle Kuzma for some reason makes me think after that conversation with Spencer Dinwiddie over the summer and the back and forths and like all the above, it makes me think of Jamal Murray's recent list um, of top five. <laughs> because they're talking about players that impact their teams. And that's what the whole conversation was about. Like Spencer, what are you really doing for the Brooklyn Nets? You walked in, didn't do too much. Um, And it makes me think of what Jamal Murray was talking about because when I look at the list that Jamal Murray put together, I'm thinking about players that were either on their team or, and, and impacted their teams all that way, or joined a new team and immediately impacted them, bringing them to the playoffs. So let's hear what he had to say about his top five.
0: All-time NBA players, who would you have in your, your list? All-time NBA, MJ, Kobe, Steph, Shaq, and then like between like LeBron and, yeah, probably LeBron. <laughs>
1: list I might have seen as NBA? of yet, and I know it would be enough people <laughs> People are going to try to say no, why is he what's have like? this again? It goes back to the to the generational thing. But obviously, no one should have any quarrel with Michael Jordan. He's MJ. Kobe Bryant, may he right. rest in peace. We know what he did for the basketball game. Steph Curry, right. we already talked about him and his greatness, and the greatness that we'll continue to get from Steph Curry is even more exciting, I think, for basketball fans. You know, Shaq and what he did, you know, for big men in the NBA. And obviously, we love what he's doing at the broadcast talent too. But And then LeBron James is a no-brainer. I mean, he's been giving it to us and us. Uh, I'm here, I'm here to say I think LeBron is going to continue to give us greatness. I don't think he's retiring yet, Zina, but I like the conversation. I like him. I like him making us talk about him. I, but I think too. Jamal had right. too.
3: <laughs> I do, too. And I think, and like I just mentioned, like what Kyle Kuzma was saying, are you going to a team and immediately attacking them? You look at this list, Yes. Yes, you throw them on any roster, you put them around anyone, or you change out the roster around them, and they're still going to make a significant impact. To me, this list is correct. Uh, yes, I might be a younger NBA fan. I'm sure there's some people that could say A Kareem, I know our producer Gary had some words. <laughs> Kareem Abdul, that, right? yeah. Uh Kareem Abdul, of course, right? Uh, but to me, I want size. So I'm definitely gonna go Shaquille over uh, a Kareem. Uh, I also think there's going to be, be some people that are like, well, look at the, the MVPs, right? What about a Giannis? What about, to me, you can put whoever around this five, these five right here, and they will do really great things. So, my, I'm, I'm with you, Jamal. I'm with you. We're on the same page. Good, good top five. We
1: stand with you, Jamal Murray. We stand with you. you have got two sisters supporting that, that strong yeah. list. And talking about people who need support, Mm -hmm. let's switch over to the football world because someone who's going to need some support of his team, Jimmy G, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, Zena, surgery. Mm -hmm. What? Again, Jimmy, we need to put you in plastic wrap, bubble wrap. Like, what more needs to be done? We're trying to get you back healthy. Last season, you got us excited. You've had Mm -hmm. the surgery already Mm -hmm. on the ACL. I mean, literally, I mean, the doctors probably know him when he comes in. So all that to say, I mean, it's like Raiders fans. And this is a Raiders team, let's be honest. They can only go up. Jimmy G is getting paid too, folks. They paid him in free agency. You know, he's just not walking around. But this is a team that finished third in the AFC West. You got problems now with your wide receivers being like, hey, I don't, I don't even know who's gonna be here, you know, to start quarterback. So all that to say, you know, Jimmy G, you know, we need him to be more than the pretty boy. We need him to just stay on the football field. Your team needs you. The Raiders need you and he's great when he's great. Uh, but you gotta keep you gotta keep yourself protected. Your thoughts, you know. Your thoughts. Your thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> I just felt so bad. I, I do feel bad because you
3: know, Jimmy G is a really great quarterback and he just has had the most unfortunate luck when it comes to um, when it comes to injuries. But I also feel bad for the Oakland fans. I mean, you lose your football team, they move across to, to Nevada, then you spend a significant amount of money on apparently a quarterback that you knew before you signed. During his physical, you found out that he was not all the way healthy and you spent that money anyways. And I can imagine as a Raiders fan, not me, but if I was a Raiders fan, how devastating that must be of just, how much did you care? Because we could have saved that money to spend in free agency for a better quarterback or could have drafted better for a better quarterback. And so, I know Raiders fans are going through it. Oakland fans are going through it because they're also, you know, we're talking about the NFL, but there are baseball teams going too. Oakland A's are about to leave as well. And so I just feel bad for them right now. I I hope they feel better soon. Jimmy G, obviously, this is nothing against you. You can't help that. But the front office, they're going to have some questions to answer from the fans because you
1: knew, you knew. Well, here we are once again. We're well, really quickly before we wrap. Other big football news that broke today: DeAndre Hawkins wide receiver, free agent, after getting cut, released from the Arizona Cardinals. Mm. And you know, my phone blew up, folks, in Baltimore. It was like, hey, Dallas Cowboys fans, it's like the sweepstakes lottery has begun. You know, we know how oh, yeah. great he is. I know he had suspension. Um, but when he first got to arizona obviously a great and talented player um and this is a man that let's be honest this is a receivers league right now with all these high quarterbacks coming in the league and the quarterbacks that we have now so now the question is where will his landing place be but he has a hefty price tag as well zina so it'll be very interesting but uh any teams that you like best that you'd like to see him land these are the, these are the teams that you he said he would love to land the quarterbacks that he would love to play with i think to get them staying on that top level any any favorite team for you Zena?
3: I don't want to say this, but I do think he would be really great in Kansas. Uh, I'm looking at Lamar Jackson and, and Ray right with Baltimore, he just got Nelson Aguilar right, and now he has OBJ. I'm just thinking, okay. you know, like, where's mm-hmm. where is DeAndre Hopkins going to come in and av- immediately make some impact? Um, Philadelphia is pretty stacked too, so I, I'm thinking you know Kansas City could, could could get some help as well from from the wide receiver position. He can go whenever wherever he wants depending on who's willing to pay that price tag but it's an exciting day Thanks. for anyone that's looking for some Ooh. offensive power. Shout out to DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> we'll be right back Brothers from Another Continues
0: Do you realize that you are a feminist hero in America? Heroin?
3: Your
2: wife just
0: told me that. <laughs> no, do you realize that?
2: I'm beginning to you see it wasn't something that I planned. I I kind of see it as a gift because of the life I lived. It had a meaning. And I think that the meaning was all of what is happening now. I think that if I had not had the if I had not given the story to the world, maybe my life would not be as it is.
3: I believe I absolutely uh, love that quote from Tina because, of course, what everything she was talking about happening now was the release of her movie. Angela Bassett did a phenomenal job uh, in her biopic, and it was about everyone learning about the abuse that she suffered under Ike Turner. And you can mm-hmm. see this was mid, mid to late 90s. The word feminist was still uncomfortable for some. Right, And you can see her kind of be like, "Uh, I don't know. I I wasn't trying to become, that wasn't what I, I wanted to be. But when women go through something and come out victorious on the other side, particularly black women, it seems to be the time when they gain the respect. It's not, you can't have a silver spoon in this world and people want to hear your story. You have to have some sort of a struggle. And for me, Tina Turner represented, it's never too late. I had my struggle, I came back and I don't have to be that struggle. That could be a part of my journey but it doesn't have to be the end. And I, I, I just, I'm grateful that we got to experience her. I'm grateful that women got to see what it meant to still be the baddest at 50 years old, Ooh. right? When she, she had her, her comeback, uh, it, it just, I'm so sad that she's gone but I'm happy she's resting now and she did so much while she was here.
1: In paradise. And it was so amazing, you know, to see the tributes that poured into her. The Obama saying, you know, she's a star whose light will never dim. And as you said, you know, I think, you know, so often so many people go through things in life that you'll never know the struggles and the journey. But when she released the biopic, the movie, really letting us into her life. And I can't tell you well enough how hard it is to be vulnerable. I think so many people gained a, a strength saying, I can get up this next day. I still can go through that willpower that Tina Turner yes. taught us to have the way that she's saying you could feel her emotion I mean I think every little probably black girl especially had dressed up one time as Tina Turner like you wanted to be her the, the legs the arms the confidence that she always Oof. exhibited I think she represented right. just so much and I think like so many people you know I was so sad you know she's somebody that I wish so many of us probably wish we could have touched but the legacy and you mm-hmm. talked about what her life you know has left the legacy that she has left has inspired not just those in music, not just those in rock and roll and think about what rock and roll has been through to have a queen like her, the queen of rock and roll inducted. But it just shows that all of us, again, can really get through and empower anything. It starts with belief in you. It starts with the belief that you can get up each day and that you can get out of bad situations, that brighter days are ahead. And I'm just glad to see that, you know, at her older age, she was living a wonderful, beautiful life overseas. And like you said, looking yep. amazing, showing us all to so love um, in the best way. So rest in peace, Peter Turner. We will always miss you. You'll forever be loved. And you know, just thoughts and prayers to her entire family, Dana.
3: Always. It's it's interesting that co- that's concept of comeback. Of course, we started the show with the Celtics. That concept of resilience, her comeback, everything still resonates throughout music, sports, your personal life, like journey and story. So agreed with you on all those points. Absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much, Kelsey. Tonight or today. Today was so much fun. We talked W. We talked NBA. Nice. Uh, we got to football. pay homage to our queen. Football too. <laughs> yes. We never talk football. We're gonna I'm very excited to continue those conversations. Guys, thank you so much okay. for joining us on Brother from another Ladies First everyone. Fridays. Memorial Day is on Monday. Thank you to all who serve and protect us. We will be celebrating you and those who have fallen on Monday. Uh, there will be no show, but join Brothers from another on Tuesday. That's when they will be back. Thank you so much for joining us. Kelsey, and any last
1: words before the weekend? We appreciate you all. Enjoy the Memorial Day weekend. Hop in the pool, grill some good food. And me and Zeno hope to see you guys on another Ladies First Fridays. Bye, guys. Be back on Tuesday.
3: Bye, guys. Appreciate your
1: time. This was fun.
3: <laughs> this was so much fun.